What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the I Speak for the Trees podcast. I know it's been a while. Your boy's been busy. Also, I didn't have access to the studio in Waterloo. So now we're out here in the ghettos of Ottawa in my basement with this impromptu studio. Uh, getting back at it. So this is episode four. Don't really have a title for you. I've been slack on that. I'll come up with one. Don't worry. But yeah, this episode's going to be about cultural ideologies and how they influence uh, environmental attitudes and behavior among youth. So when you were growing up and how that kind of has shaped your life. And so the motivation behind this episode is kind of a lot of people have been coming up to me and talking to me about uh, conflict of interest within the environment and like what kind of actions they should take towards uh, being a more like environmentally conscious citizen. And so a lot of the times like we know what the problem is, we know what the solution is, like we know what the right thing to do is, but we don't often do it. Like for example, like we know we got to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. We know we should eat less meat, but sometimes we don't do that. And that's because we have our own priorities. We have our own values or things that we believe in religious things, cultural things, things our family believe in. And then, so the question here, the question here is, uh, what do we prioritize? What do we value? What's the right approach to solving these issues? Is it completely one-sided or should should there be a balance? Does cultural ideologies take a priority or should we just be like, fuck all that. We need to save the environment now. Fuck culture. We can save that for later. But uh, that's what we're going to talk about today on this episode's podcast. And so with me today to discuss this issue even further is my good friend Dalraj Gill. And so, Dalraj, just tell us a bit about yourself. Give us a quick plug. Uh, Name's Dalraj, currently studying at U of T, uh, doing political science and public law. Um, Got a lot uh, to say about culture and environment uh, because it's played a deep role in my life. And uh, Instagram, at singpoppy, inspired by (laughs) champagne poppy, so give it a follow. Ladies, follow him. Jokes, he's taken, he's taken. And uh, fun fact, uh, Ashok and I went to high school together and we're on student council together, so relation runs deep. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get started. So just for a bit of context, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. So, like, what's your background? Where are you from? What's your ethnicity? What religion do you practice, if any? So ethnicity-wise, I am uh, South Asian. My parents uh, immigrated to Canada from the Punjab region of northern India, and I feel like it's important to point out the region itself because I anticipate it's going to come up a lot um, over this conversation. And um, in terms of religion, I do practice the Sikh faith. Um, and just so I can throw that out there, it is pronounced Sikh, not Sikh. And uh, yeah. You guys heard it here first from Dalraj. It's Sikh, not Sikh. So question number two. So growing up as a child, did you feel the environment was something that was valued within like your culture or your family dynamics? And like, if yes, how large of a role did that play? And like, why do you think that is? Like, for example, like when you were growing up, when you were five or six, was was the environment import- an important part of like your well, like your hobbies and things that you did with your family or was it just kind of like just a side thing that would, would like took a back seat honestly growing up environment didn't come up as much as it does now and i mean in school uh in the news like hurricanes for me personally i thought they were very rare they weren't as often as they are now and growing up all we were kind of told directly was to not litter um partly because you'd get fined if you did and partly sure keep your parks clean but um, it wasn't much. We weren't told to value the environment um, as much as we are now. Maybe it was because the times are different. It has been like a decade and a half since I was in what preschool grade one. But the message just wasn't emphasized. It, it took a back seat because no one really cared about it. They weren't really out in the open at that time. I think that's an important point you mentioned. Uh, the time period that we lived in, like back in the day, like like in the last decade, a decade itself, environmentalism has just started to boom. 50 years ago it wasn't even a thing people would you'd say you're like an environmentalist and people would laugh at you right 
like you were like, oh, I'm taking water samples. Like, who the fuck cares, right? That's not important. We're like, back in the day in the industrial revolution, it's all about growth, growth, growth. It wasn't about let's save the trees, let's save the bees. You know what I mean? Things mm-hmm. like that. And so right now we live in a completely different age in society where that where we realize that we fucked up so bad and now it has to take a front seat now it has to become a priority and so i think slowly we're starting to see that shift between like that millennial generation and that younger generation of parents having a more uh having a larger role on their children when it comes to making them more environmentally conscious than like when we were growing up um yeah and so like in your opinion do you feel that you were raised with the ideology that you were like you were separate from nature or you were like or like humans were an interconnected system i know that sounds like really super philosophical but like were you kind of like above nature like what do you what what was your role in nature so i wasn't really uh, raised with any of those mentalities again like i said before it didn't really come up but as i developed uh, a bit of a closer relationship to my faith my religion um i i kind of adopted a sense of oneness as in that we are one with nature, nature is one with us, and we are all equal in a sense. Um, as a sick child, I think the first thing that any sick child learns is God, which translates to God is one. Um, there is one God. And that doesn't just mean like a supreme being watching over us. It's more like God is within everything on this planet. And if you think about it, like everything that we have made came from some type of material from this earth. And so from that view, I kind of developed that God is in everything and we have to we have to treat it like that. Um, but that wasn't really something I was raised with. It more just came along with some some development as I grew older. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to realize that like even if you're not religious, there are different factors going to play a part in what how you view the environment. Like, for example, if you grew up in the city, it's going to be a lot harder for you to connect and relate to the environment because you're surrounded by concrete and skyscrapers. So someone who grew up, like, example, in Barrie and every weekend went swimming at the cottage, you know, they're going to have a much, like, a much more connected, emotional connection to the to the environment rather than someone who grew up in downtown, midtown Tor- Toronto, right? For sure. And so, like, just another point, like, be, I know it sounds, like, super cheesy, be like, oh, we are one with nature, like, we are together, like, it sounds really fucking stupid and cheesy, right? But that doesn't mean, like, oh, you're going to, like, like, you're going to fucking fuck the ground or, like, be, be hugging trees and all that, right? It means, like, there's no... It's not like you can't separate yourself as an entity or like it's not like you're an above deity. Like it's like the first rule of ecology is like the first rule of ecology is everything is interconnected. And that's kind of what it means. Like not that we're like physically connected to the environment, but like we rely on we rely on each other for pretty much everything. Like Dalraj said, like every kind of material, every kind of service, it depends on natural resources and commodities. It's kind of like a like a pyramid effect. The base, the very base of our foundation, civilizations, is the environment. I think that's something that cascades down to future generations, especially parents who uh, who, who have strong environmental perspectives or attitudes. So, um, question number four: Looking at your environmental behaviors and attitudes today, do you think that you were raised that you do, do you think that the way you were raised has played a role in your perception of the environment? If so, how much of it is from culture and how much of it is from an individual learning process? So you kind of touched on that a little bit, but just elaborate a bit further on whether or not you felt like this journey of being more environmentally conscious was more of a thing that you learned yourself or was it more of a thing that other people from your family or your culture kind of pushed onto you? So culture did definitely impact it, but it was more of me learning about my culture individually that kind of brought upon this uh, realization especially like i mentioned the region of punjab right now 
is on track to become a desert within the next couple of decades or they're saying that they may run out of groundwater as early as next year so that basically hits home a lot because as an agricultural state like my grandfather farmed uh so did his and it is the land of my gurus in a sense and to see it go down like that is pretty concerning and all of us think that oh florida is going to go underwater that's a huge deal but when it hits home when it's literally the land where like my faith kind of grew up in uh it hits home and i i wish i had grown up with that knowledge it came a bit late but uh it did definitely make me more environmentally conscious i don't think it was the culture itself i just think it was that link to to where my family comes from mm, yeah i think that's a huge point cuz growing up in north america it's so hard to be connected to like our roots cuz we're just we're given everything on a silver spoon right like we are so privileged we have resources we have money but the like our roots the people where who have who like laid the foundation laid the, did all the groundwork there they're in one of the like some of the most sensitive areas like when i was at the un for example she i'm from my parents are from sri lanka and so sri lanka is one of the top 5 vulnerable states to climate change because it's an island nation so rising sea levels are put, putting them at risk and they already have like you've seen like tsunamis recently you've seen um torrential downpours from a uh, monsoon season and things like that you're seeing the weather events being uh ext- more extreme and more severe and things like that like obviously yeah milan dalraj from north america like we see it and we're, we're we're fine physically because we're isolated from that event but we recognize this is our culture this is our heritage this is where it stems from if it weren't for them we weren't we wouldn't be here so it kind of hits home that sense like like fuck like that's 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 where my heritage is and like that's that kind of makes you feel more inclined to care more about the environment because that that if you because you don't want your culture just to be in history books right you want to be able to like show your kids this and all that stuff right you want to be able to live through it not just vicariously through you but you want others to experience your culture and not just be not something that's lost in history right so exactly. i think that's super important it's hard like i'm not not saying it's easy to connect to the environment especially living in north america that's why it's a lot easier for people who are suffering these tragedies have to have such um, strong opinions and things like that so for us i understand why people in north america don't give a fuck because it's hard like i i it's completely fair it's a completely justified reason to not care um okay so looking back at it now do you think you wanted to be raised with more environmental exposure or do you are you fine do you think you're fine the way you were raised uh, i don't know about exposure but i think the whole like what we can lose wasn't emphasized enough and that doesn't even mean like the way we were raised um well coming from immigrant parents like the environment isn't the top priority always um it's about like coming in it has to be create like settle in uh, get yourself a house a car uh when you have kids make sure you can set them up for success and environment uh, again it takes a back seat but like in school too we just weren't told what we were going to lose so let's say a forest fire happens um it's because of what we've done to the environment and you lose an entire forest you used to drive by when we i think the only example i was ever told as a kid was florida's going to go underwater but i was like i haven't even been there i don't think i'm going to go there it's not relatable right they didn't they didn't hit it home in a sense and that was at home that was at school that was kids talking among, amongst kids it it was just never brought up and it was never relatable for me mm-hmm. yeah i think that's kind of the same thing for me like people who knew me like from before university like in like in elementary school and like high school i wasn't that environmentally focused like even growing up my parents like i think it's like a south asian thing but like south asian parents aren't that environment like environmentally conscious because they're so focused on so much other things because they sacrifice so much to get here it's like 
we're focused on ourselves trying to get our family to prosper and things like that we don't have time to care about secondary effects and like mm-hmm. how how our actions are going to have further implications on future generations it's about kind of how can we survive it's not like yeah not being ex- i'm not exaggerating but like how can we get by today like how can we put food on the table today you know what i mean like it's about it's a dog eats dog world you know what i mean you got to fight for yourself mm-hmm. and it's like even like when i was a kid um when the things came up that were environmentally related it was more so like because my parents were stingy like for example like turning off the lights it wasn't because they cared about saving energy it's because they didn't want to pay the high electricity bill or saving water my parents would used to yell at me all the time turn off the damn lights because you know increase the energy bill and, like you don't she's like you don't pay for it you don't you live on this roof and you'd waste all this energy and things like that so it was more of a financial kind of incentive, incentivizing thing than yeah. more of an environmental one. I think even then, like let's say when we used to have the day where like oh you know turn your turn all electricity off for an hour, mm-hmm. like I do that, uh, and then my dad would be like just turn the TV on so we can watch that yeah. in the dark, right? It wasn't always like a, an all-in kind of effort. Yeah, it's kind of like we just did it because that's just what just people did. We didn't really understand it, right? Like yeah. it was just kind of a thing. Like Earth Day, okay, turn off your lights, but at the same time, like. You didn't really understand the consequences. And at the time, granted, like, climate change wasn't as severe. Yeah. But I think a lot of the times, um, especially, like, I don't, like, I feel bad because I kind of want to relate to other cultures here, but I don't want to, like, spit out false information and kind of, like, assume Very things. True. But but for South Asians, a lot of the times, it's more of a financial thing. It's more of a personal thing. Like, we don't have time to focus on the environment. Like, they, we come from places that are rich in natural natural landscapes. Like, India, yeah, Sri Lanka, sure. they're really rich in that. Like, a lot of people come for ecotourism and things like that. And so they're so they're so exposed to that, like they don't really like they've they've lived through that for so long. It's like now it's time for me to provide for my family. Like that's not the environment is not my number one priority. I think that that can relate to a lot of people because obviously like it's it would be nice to care about the environment if everyone cared about the environment. But sometimes the reality is like you gotta take care of yourself, man. Like you gotta make sure that you you're take like you got food, you got money. You got to make sure that like you're you're set right even then i feel like um we weren't told to do enough as in like when we had earth day like i'd turn off the lights because i wanted to participate um if they had told me to do more i probably would have mm-hmm. but i felt like turning off the lights was all we had to do and we saved the earth which isn't the case we're at a point in time where we have to do a lot more and i feel like it was just fed into our minds that hey if we turn off this light we will save the earth um, it doesn't work like that. There's a lot more that needs to be done, but it was really um, it was simplified to a point where honestly it wasn't as effective as as more action would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we mentioned, like in the it was a different time. Like me, me and dollars were growing up. It was a different time period, and so a lot of things have changed. Right now, it's like it's probably I don't have I haven't been to elementary school classrooms in a while, but it's probably a lot more environmentally focused and more elaborate than just turning off your lights and things like that. For so. Sure. And like even now in universities, you're starting to see designated programs. Like I go to the water, I go to the University of Waterloo, and now we have a specific faculty for the environment, which is the, that's one of the reasons why I went there. But like you see how the shift, how that perception and narrative is starting to change. Like, okay, like we got to get our shit together. We got to start putting the environment at the forefront, right? Like we can't keep putting this at the back seat. For sure. All right, man. What's my next question? So. Uh, so next question. Sorry. See, I'm a little rusty, guys. I haven't done this in a while. Anyways, um, in your opinion, how do you think we should address situations where culture conflicts with what's best for the environment? Like, for example, so like I mentioned before, like we know greenhouse gases are bad, yet we still choose to emit, drive our cars, things like that. And like, for example, like for food, like I know people in uh, like Asian cultures, we learned this in class like, a couple years ago, like people will hunt uh, like little cute baby harp seals. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding here, but like they'll hunt them for like their penises for like a delicacy. 
and like yeah it's part of their culture it's part of the thing that they do and like it's it's a common thing but at the same time like it's putting these uh harp seals at risk they're becoming endangered and so where do you find that balance like how do you like i know you're not you know like me and you aren't experts but like in your opinion how would you address that to someone like how would you explain it and be like hey yeah your culture is important we value culture in society but yes we also have to start like valuing the environment so how do you find that balance uh i think it's it's more about generalizing the entire human race i I find that um culture is great as an identifier um sometimes it gives people purpose to live um, but it does create separation there's like one culture versus the other in terms of the environment we only have one to share and i think it's really important to stress that our species has become so intrusive to a point that we have to feel ashamed like let's say a hundred years back it was not as bad as it has been in the past like five to ten years and we really do suck our our species has not done any favor to the land that we call home and i find that a lot of a lot of fates and cultures really do respect the environment um what i mean by that is in a lot of of doctrines and theologies environment is very important because it's what we call home it's what it's what literally puts food on the table for us at times and we just don't recognize it. We can't just be the ones that say our cultures care about the environment, but don't do anything about it. Um, we actually got to take that into consideration. I feel like we've become very selective. We just want to do things that benefit us. Um, so let's say, again, hunting the harp seals for their delicacy. That's so we can eat something good that night. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not as important. Just eat a salad for a day right it's not that hard to do there's alternates but we just don't want to explore them because honestly we're lazy and we want what we want and again like i said we should we should feel ashamed our species has intruded into spaces we never should have and at the end of the day we're, we're going to feel the impact I, I i do feel bad for everything that our generation will have to face and future generations will have to face but it is our fault so at the same time it's it's a double-edged sword yeah, I think you bring up a really good point that like we have multiple cultures over like over the span of history, but we only have one environment. Like culture does kind of give us identity; it kind of defines us, but it also has that effect of separating us and causing tension. Whereas the, the environment, it like brings us together, it kind of unifies us as a whole. It's a platform that is neutral. It's a platform that applies to everyone. I think that's super important. Like for me personally, like if like if i didn't have to interact with people i'd be like yo fuck you fuck culture save the fucking planet like yo fuck your harps like fuck eating harps your penises you're like you're crazy save the planet these species are dying right but at the same like that's not realistic and that's not gonna happen because culture has such a large role in society that won't i don't think that'll ever happen so for me it's about finding balance and not like that's that's a hard thing to do finding like the problem with environmental studies is like the problem we understand the problem is the solutions that are hard right and so like if this in this example like for me how i would address it is like not be like your culture is not important and like you Mm -hmm. should stop this but like find a way to adapt because to survive in this world now we're gonna have to adapt like change your culture maybe i don't know like and it wouldn't even be changing your culture it's more of putting things aside like yeah or adjusting it like minor tweaks like if you're like for the harp seal for example like maybe i don't like i like limit it to like a season like have maybe like a like a quote like you only hunt 100 per year or something Mm -hmm. like that not like have it every friday you know what i mean like something like like i know like that's just a super basic example but i think we live in a time where we cannot say stagnant or complacent or things can't stay static anymore like we Mm -hmm. i understand culture is part of history things like that but 
his like people have to be open and accepting that history can change like just for example like gun control in america like we got to realize like yeah it's in the constitution but like it's it's supposed to be amended it's supposed to change that's how the world works you can't stay in one time period forever right mm-hmm. like but yeah that's what I, that's what i would do but you know me and Dalraj are just we're just kids you know <laughs> we can't do everything um okay but you have just just curious but like do you have any examples in your culture of like any cases where that would happen where a shift would happen or like if like the contradicting thing like say for example like you're like they're they like your culture knows that like something is bad but they still do it anyways um honestly again uh, i'm not an expert um and i may be biased because i'm a part of this culture but mm-hmm. there there's a lot of respect especially in my religion um like there there the environment is compared like different aspects of the environment is is compared to our mother father and our god um our gurus and to be honest when that comparison kind of takes place it is written in our scriptures it's hard to disrespect the environment the only thing is putting it into practice that's the hardest thing to do um and even in punjab it's an agricultural state they need they need water they need decent climate they can't have droughts um for for them to survive they need their incomes and uh, honestly farmer suicide rates in punjab are crazy high and that's part of the reason if monsoon doesn't come their crops don't grow if water runs out the land will go barren um so i can i can say i i feel lucky to say that uh, my religion does preach uh, environmental awareness um but it's more about people being selective about what they prefer um like even myself I want a Tesla, not because it's an electric car, but I want the better parking spots on campus. <laughs> um, so it's about selectivity, right? If anything, that might be another alternative. Find find something that's environmentally friendly that helps you too, right? Um, but yeah, that, that would be my take on it. And yeah, like I've mentioned this before on other podcasts too, but like it doesn't have to be black and white. Like you don't have to buy a Tesla or bus, you know what I mean? Like it's small things like take a bike, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bike to school, walk to school, run to school, things like that. Like it doesn't have to be I'm doing this or I'm not doing that. Do small things, make that gradual change. Because like even for me, for example, I'm not doing everything that I can, but I'm slowly working towards like, for example, recently, like beginning of university, I cut out beef. Now I'm starting to cut out chicken. So I'm starting slowly, slowly starting cutting out all pro- like meats and stuff like that. But I'm not there yet, and that's gonna take a lot. Like it's gonna take a, it's gonna be a process. It's gonna take time. Like, uh, like there are there are a lot of people who can do that, and a lot of like, kudos to them, huge respects to them. But not everyone is capable of doing that. And that's something we gotta realize. Like we can't generalize people and like, you should do this or you shouldn't do this or you have mm-hmm. to do this. You haven't. You shouldn't have. Like you have to fuck. I, I can't talk to you. But anyways, like it's not black and white. That's the point of this. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so next question. Do you think cultural environmentalism should be incorporated more into decisions or should we just fuck it and do what's best for the planet? Like, what do you think, personally? Like I said, I think the environmental aspects in cultures aren't emphasized enough. So if people are aware that their culture or faith or theology says this about the environment, that you have to protect this, then maybe it may bring a shift in terms of like what people do but at the end of the day i feel like what is best for our planet has to be top priority because at the end of the day it's our one unifying factor we only have one earth no one's moving to mars man like it's it's a dumb idea it's not the same and it never will be the same and if we lose this we we have nothing so whatever like the the big industries are building towards it, it doesn't matter if if the earth doesn't exist for their children grandchildren whatever 
Um, I, th- I think it has to take top priority and culture can help with that. It just has to be a mindset change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're on the same page with me and like, we're not saying that like fuck culture, like, you know, like culture is important. Part is, mm-hmm. is an integral part of our lives. But like, I know like, I know we're saying this right now, Dalraj, but like, just like, for like, how do we, how do we carry this into our lives? Like, how do we kind of like, like aside from this podcast, this conversation, how do we kind of put that into practice? I know because a lot of people will be like, yeah, we have conversations like these and like, yeah, we should do that. We should do that. You know, I read articles on this, but like, how do we as an, as individuals kind of like stay motivated and put that kind of stuff into practice? This may be an unorthodox answer, but I think the first step is putting money aside. So let's say, let's say uh, the use of pesticides for, for all the, the food we eat in a sense. Um, it, it's not the best for us and eating organic would would save some problems it might reduce the use of pesticides it might you know the fields may be greener um and like cars use the rebates buy an electric car i know it's expensive but it helps i think all of us are at a stage not all of us um but our generation is at a stage where our parents built us a lot and we kind of have to flip our mindset we can't maintain that same Uh, cutthroat kind of survival mindset we're surviving we're surviving just fine but it's coming at the cost of the survival of our planet just use that extra money spend it where it needs to be spent maybe don't buy what is it like a thousand dollar gucci bag (laughs) like you don't need it just just spend it elsewhere there's no need to flex what you have because it won't be here tomorrow at this rate um so yeah honestly it's a very unorthodox answer but we got to change our spending habits we we got to spend where we need to. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, too, just in terms of, like, the economic aspect of this whole issue. Uh, there's a really good TED Talk on it, but it's uh, it talks about how we should aim for an economy that thrives, not grows. Mm. So kind of like we all, we're always trying to get better. Like, we're trying to increase yield for agriculture. We're trying to add pesticides to make these crops bigger. How can we increase, like, how can we increase our profit and maximize things? But... And that and like what cost like at what cost you know what I mean like yeah. yeah we're increasing yield but like what are we doing to the soil are we we're acidifying the soil we're contaminating our water with the eutrophication and things like that and so yes you can you have an economy that's thri- like growing and things like that and that's how we kind of measure GDP and kind of quality of life mm-hmm. but there are ways around it like build as she mentions in the TED talk like building a system that thrives not like it doesn't have to ex- like necessarily like exponentially grow. But as long as everyone is meeting like a certain quality of life and having still progress, like you can't have a society that's like stagnant and just doesn't progress and kind of like innovates. But for at the sure. same time, you have to understand like what are you willing to sacrifice in the long run? Mm-hmm. Sure, you could like, for example, with fossil fuels, like yeah, booming in, in the fossil fuels, the oil sands are creating huge economic growth for Canada. And yeah, like we like realistically, like we just can't cut it out of our economy because it provides so much. But at the same time, if you look at the long run of Canada's future, like, we're going to have to reach a point where we're like, okay, this has to stop, right? Like, we have to find a new solution for our economy to thrive without it. Because eventually, fossil fuels will run out, right? Like, eventually, your resources will deplete if you don't use it sustainably. And so we have to find a way that not only not only does the environment thrive, but, like, the economy is able to sustain itself, right, in a sustainable manner. Because we can't just rely on these short-term band-aid solutions that kind of, like, provide us growth for 10 years and then stagnate and then drop and then things like that. Like, we have to be able to find long-term solutions and that's the biggest challenge i think we're gonna face and especially like for our generation yeah agreed yeah okay so knowing the prevalence of climate change and the potential impacts it has in the future how would you want to raise your kids to ensure that they're more environmentally cautious if you want to have kids i'm not saying you should have kids but like 
Uh, I think the the most important message I'd want to kind of emphasize to them is that we have one shot and one shot only. Um, either we fix what's going on or we go down with it. And I, I genuinely feel bad for the next couple of generations because we're already seeing a huge shift in climate change. Like, imagine living on the East Coast in the States and you're getting hit by hurricane after hurricane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sucks. Um, being, that's, that's something new too. Like, it's, yeah. their parents haven't experienced that. And imagine like we live in toronto basically we're not near uh i guess a large enough body of water that can cause a tsunami uh we're not near i i believe the tectonic plates which would cause a massive earthquake um we're not in a bad geographic location so i honestly feel that sometimes we just don't understand it but man having like 45 degrees days last week that's pretty bad that's not something i'm used to the i think the the hottest day I had I remember was 37 and we were told not to go outside and now we're hitting 45 mm-hmm. dude that's bad yeah like and literally it, we were just talking about this like an hour ago like you were in Victoria like last week and apparently there's an article that Victoria was cooler than none of it and think places like that that's pretty like when you consider none of it's an Arctic ecosystem and that was warmer than Victoria you know she's messed up like she's backwards and we gotta fix that and you know honestly like it, it comes down to like what are we living for if we're living to flex our what we have now there's no point um i know our, our parents definitely kind of lived for us in a sense they built everything for themselves and then to pass on to us and if we're if we're living the same way if we want to pass something on it might as well be the earth because because i like personally i wouldn't want my kids worrying about the next big earthquake or the big one where all hell would break loose or you know like worry about where you live if you're on the west coast like that's a big thing man especially with land being so scarce now honestly and think about like the big one anytime i hear about it on the west coast like it's pretty scary imagine like literally the earth just ripping apart right it could be a normal day it could be it could be in the next two years it could be in the next 30 right but it's a reality like it's it's almost unavoidable and and that's scary um so i'd really want to pass that on to my kids that hey, if you guys survive climate change, the next generation might not. Uh, we either fix it or we go down with it. Yeah, before I just talk about, like, children and stuff like that, I just want to address your point of, like, geography really quickly. That's a really important part that people forget. Like, we're blessed to be born in Canada. Like, we're blessed mm-hmm. to be where we are. People in other, like, island nations, Hawaii, Dominican, Caribbeans, like, people are still recovering from hurricanes. Um, like the Dominican, right? There's still like some people play, play some people, yeah, some places are still without power and mm-hmm. things like that, and that's just so shitty. And like, I'm at, like, it's not even like we have control over it. It's like you don't have control over your circumstances. We were blessed enough to be born here, but yeah. some people are just that's just the unfortunate reality of it. They're born in these situations and they have no control over it. They don't have the financial means to get over here. And like, even if they do, like, for example, immigration in Europe, people are like, we don't want you here. And like, imagine how sad that mm-hmm. is. Like, it's not your fault people are dying from whether whether it's like a war or whether it's like like you're an eco refugee like whether and like we're gonna see a lot of climate refugees and climate migrants because people are gonna be displaced because of rising sea levels and we're already starting to see it and like if we can't accommodate five thousand immigrants from uh, like yemen like what are we gonna do when a whole island evacuates right exactly and so i think that's some an important thing and just going back to your like what message would you send to your kids um, for me, it's just like, this is our home, man. Like, you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't go in, like, the home you live in now, you wouldn't go in and trash and disrespect it, right? It's all, it's all yeah. about, it's all about respect. Environmentalism is all about respect, you know what I mean? It's like, respecting the land that gives you, gives you the food, gives you the water, gives you the clean air, to be able to function and survive as a human being, and just, 
just like understanding that like it's bigger than us you know like yeah. obviously like, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues in the world well the environment it's just it's bigger than us you know what i mean like there's so many things we can't control and there's so many things that we can control and then we have to do our best to kind of like emphasize that like this is their future and i feel like i would feel shitty i i do feel shitty already that like we're we're jeopardizing the future right mm-hmm. like you're supposed to like when you when you borrow something you return it in the state that it was in or better right that's kind of like the rule when you borrow something yeah and so like we're just kind of trashing it and like we're expecting like imagine like your kids having to drink flint water like just imagine that like you know what i mean like imagine you're being a parent and like having to like put baby formula in flint water and feeding your kid like that like that yeah. that's like that's the reality and that's something like we have to think about like honestly right now like we're young i'm 21 i'm not thinking about kids but I'm going to think about, like, where am I going to raise my kid in a safe place? I don't want to bring him to a fucked up place. Like, that's crazy. And, and even then, I, I feel like, again, just because we're in Ottawa and, again, politics is almost everything here. Yeah. Um, I think there's an upcoming election in Canada in October. Honestly, like, everyone says this, but vote and maybe look at platforms regarding the environment. Is the government of the place you're looking or you're living in? actually going to do something are they trying to do something because because that will affect us long term any i know governments last four years at times but the decisions made today will impact us a decade uh two decades forward and we we got to put some consideration into it it's not just it's not just a government for the next four years any decision any any small thing that happens now will affect us later and we just don't put enough thought into that anymore yeah it's like it's like a ripple effect man like like before exactly. like uh when harper came in and like slashed the environmental assessment thing that's had a huge impact not just for his term but like in history and how we've kind of view environmental as a like environmental as a, as a profession mm-hmm. and things like and jobs and things like that like just quickly i want to go back to my like pyramid example that i mentioned before but like the world that we kind of live in is divided into three kinds of issues. Like we have, there's, for me, this is how I see it. There's environmental issues, there's economic issues, and then there's social issues. And at the base of that, I see the environment because what is the economy fueled by primarily? Commodities, natural resources, oil, gas, like things like that. Mm-hmm. And so without, like you could have short-term economic growth, but like you need, you want like, you want something sustainable. You want something that'll last you generations rather than just 10 years, right? Sure, you can make a million dollars in 10 years, but you can make 10, like, a billion in 100 years. You know what I mean? Like, you want to think long-term, not short-term. And that kind of, like, is a reflection of cultural attitudes. Like, what kind of, like, in your culture, like, do you see kind of more more focus on short-term things or long-term things and kind of, like, how, how important is history, how important is leaving a legacy and things like that. And then, like, the other part of that kind of pyramid is social issues. And so the economy is tied in so economic growth is tied in with social well-being a lot of people say yeah we need economic growth because that way people will be out of poverty and things like that mm-hmm. yeah that is very true and i understand yes we need to create jobs we need to have a market we need to increase our like our output but at the same time that starts with protecting the very foundation the very premise of what builds up you know you got to start from you can't build a pyramid from the top up you got to build from the bottom up right and so like without that like you, you don't have anything you don't have anything to fall back on and like if like just even for example like Rosa Parks man like she would have sat on the bus for nothing like all that social and civil yeah. work right fighting for equality like say for example she did all that work and like we fuck it up because everyone dies of food insecurity right like what's the point like yeah sure social issues are important but at the end of the day so is eating food so yeah. is being alive right and that's something like that's something that should be considered Okay, so we're gonna start wrapping up now because uh, I'm parched. But anyways, uh, so just for the last question, 
For fun, what's one lesson about the environment that your parents or culture has taught you that you will take with you for the rest of your life? Um, I, th- I think one lesson would be treating the earth like it's a treasure. Um, I feel like it, it's different for each person. Um, for some, it may be just strolling through a park and appreciating nature. That's enough for them to kind of take action. Um, but for me, it was always treating it um, like what it is. It's, it's our one and only home. Um, and if we don't take care of it, no one else will. And if no one else will, we know how bad things can get. So you wouldn't throw a diamond in, you wouldn't throw a diamond away. Um, but we're kind of doing that with our planet. And uh, we might want to change that up if we want to survive, essentially. I was thinking something funny, man. You went, you went full of serious. You went deep, full deep. Man. You went fully. It's Dalraj, a serious topic. Dalraj me. is deep, man. Well, for, okay, yeah, that's a good point, man. Like, it's a, like we only got one of these, you know? Like, yeah. I know we talk about going to Mars and shit, but, like, realistically, do you want to go to Mars? Like, we have something good here. Why fuck it up, right? Like, It's not even messing around with it. It's more yeah. just, like, for me, again, like, what are you living for, yeah. right? Like, you got to ask yourself that question every day. Like, why? Like, what's your purpose, right? What legacy do you want to leave behind, like? Like gotta enjoy it. Yeah, like, no, I don't want to sound, like, too deep or philosophical, but I feel like yeah. everyone in life should have a mission statement, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, like, I want to be able to be on my deathbed and look at my kids and be like, yo, I made a difference in the world and be able to know that, like, they're going to be able to live a, like a, live live life to the fullest and not have to worry about drinking Flint water or having to worry about yeah. tsunamis happening every other year, right? And even then, like, let's yeah. think about it. If there's, like, a forest fire in California, and let's say it, it coincides with one of my vacation days, right? And I'm driving down a highway, and all I see is burnt trees. That's not a great experience. Yeah, like, that's We want to have yeah. fun while we're here. Yeah. And, and that's just one way to have it, yeah. to see the things that there are and not, not destroy them. Yeah. yeah, and, like, just to add to that, like, my next... The blog post will be coming out soon, but the next blog post I'm actually writing is about eco-anxiety, and that's part of it how that affects mental health. Like, if you drove by a burning forest and the, a whole forest is just burned down, like, that's just... It has a psychological toll on you, especially young kids. Yeah, and that's sure. big. But, like, just a, the question that I asked you for fun, what's the one environmental lesson that you'll take with you? For me, I just want to... Just end on a funny note. My parents would hate it when I wasted food and shit like that, right? So whenever I was a kid, whenever, like, I, like, I threw out, like, the end of a banana or something like that, my parents and my brothers, they'd be like, no, you're going to eat that. Like, if I try to sneak it in the garbage, they'd make me take it out of the garbage and eat it. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Like, no, nah, yeah. you're not wasting food, like, in this culture. Again, it was more of, like, an, it was more of a economic, like, a financial thing. Like, you know, we paid for this food. You're going to eat yeah. this food. I don't give a fuck if you don't I, like it. In that sense, right? then, I guess my lesson would be be afraid of the cops. And that means, like, you know, uh, they had, like, idling regulations. Like, you can't leave your car just, like idle in your driveway for a certain yeah. amount of minutes if you literally get like a $500 fine so th- that scared me and I was like oh man I ain't trying to pay for this yeah. so I was like alright yeah with my money you're a kid bro <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'll break the piggy bank I'll throw this in the fucking garbage yeah. can yeah um, but yeah but yeah like I think it's important that we understand like how we grow up plays a large role in how how we are today like if, correct me if I'm wrong but like the way that you were raised and the ideologies that you grew up with, it's kind of shaped you who you are today, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it about our uh, culture podcast. I'll come up with the title later. Don't worry, I'll think of some creative shit. But anyways, um, I was told that I needed, like, a tagline for this podcast. So here, I'm going to try this one. Tell me if you guys like it. Um, all right, so, guys, until next time, speak for the trees, save the bees, and let's keep it below 1.5 degrees.
Let's if you don't get that reference, it's because of climate change, you know, the U, uh, IPCC says we should keep it below 1.5 degrees in order to save our planet. We got it. Anyways, that's an environmental <laughs> nerdy joke. But anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, if you like the podcast, make sure you rate it, like it, subscribe to the podcast. Um, share it with your friends. Share with your friends, share with your family. Make sure you follow Daraj on Instagram. At SingPoppy. At SingPoppy. I'll tag him in the in the description and things like that. But yeah, and to, also the new blog post will be coming out soon. It's on eco-anxiety. Uh, just opened up a new website, actually. I'm moving all the stuff onto a new domain. So it's going to be ispeakforthetrees.com with the four as a number four instead of the old website. But anyways, um, hope you guys enjoyed that content. Thank you, Dalraj, for being on the show. I hope all you listeners uh, learned something. Uh, but yeah, uh, have a good weekend, y'all. Well, it's not the weekend anymore if you're listening to this. But anyways, <laughs> see you later. <laughs>